Hi, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams, and today we are excited to be joined by John Gilmore, co-founder and managing partner of Barker Gilmore, as well as Brittany McDonough, the managing director, and she also leads the firm's healthcare and life sciences practice. On today's episode, John and Brittany will share their experiences in recruiting for the past year, including how diversity has impacted recruiting, as well as predictions for 2022 and beyond. They'll also share what it takes to be general counsel for a portfolio company versus a major corporation. John, Brittany, welcome. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rob. We're really happy to be here today. Hey, Rob. Yep. Thank you so much for having us. It's my pleasure. Let's dive right in. John, I'll start with you. Based on your experiences in 2021 and for the first few weeks of 2022, give us an idea of the current state of recruiting. Well, I'll tell you, I've been in this business for 34 years and love every minute of it, and I've never seen it as busy as it is right now. Um, we had a, a, a year last year that was a record-setting year, and we're starting off this year with more requests from our clients than ever before. The one, the one thing that I'd love to uh, just just give a little bit of insight on is how selective, you know, how careful these companies are about who they hire. We're seeing a lot more interviews than we have in the past. We're seeing the process maybe go a little bit longer than it has in the past as so many stakeholders want to have their take of what are the, what are the candidates look like? Are they really going to be uh, key members of our senior leadership team? Can they align with our culture so the, the clients are being very, very careful. They're being highly selective. And the number of boxes that we have to check for every search is just incredible. So I, I just say, you know, one of my, one of my lines that I love to share is you just can't stereotype anything. There's no common thread between any search. Each search is unique in what the clients are looking for. Um, we'll talk later about the, what it takes to be a general counsel, but now again, I'll just say that the volume is extremely high, and yet the uh, the companies are being highly selected. Brittany, discuss the increased importance of diversity. How do you go about finding diverse leaders, and how has diversity become an additional challenge in the recruiting process? Sure, Rob. So, I mean, it, it's no secret the the climate that we're living in today, right? Um, systemic inequality is being discussed more than ever. And this is really causing organizations that the claim or believe that they promote equality and inclusion and diversity to look inside and say, our employees don't necessarily represent what we say the you know, core values of this organization are. And in turn, you know, there is an increased demand um, to bring diverse talent, especially at the executive level. So nearly every general counsel search that we do, and likewise with chief compliance searches, um, every client wants to see diversity in the field. Um, in terms of how we approach that, Rob, I would say it's a, a bit of a twofold strategy. Um, one, it's having access to those groups of lawyers. And two, our success really comes down to the trusting relationships that we build within those groups. Um, we are lucky enough to have 
relationships and affiliations with a number of affinity groups, primarily for women and minorities. And we've made some strategic hires internally where we have influential legal leaders who are part of these groups on our team. Just to give you an example, um, we have the former chair of the Minority Corporate Council Association on our team. We have the co-chair of the Women Corporate Directors on our team. So this has really given us a unique level of access to that talent. Um, so one, it's having the access. And two, as I said, it's been years of really building trust with these lawyers. So we are very passionate and very committed to developing these underrepresented groups of attorneys. Um, and something that we're seeing that is posing as a challenge is, frankly, there's a shortage of GC-ready diverse candidates. And what's happening is it's a game of musical chairs. Mm. You know, a company is plucking a GC out of this company and placing it in their company. So we're really not moving the needle in terms of giving more opportunities to these diverse legal leaders. So something that Barker Gilmore has been focused on for years is developing these young lawyers and really building the bench strength to get them GC ready um, and, and that's something, you know, I think there needs to truly be a bigger focus within these organizations of hiring minorities at all levels of the organization, not just promoting and showing diversity at the executive levels, but understanding that we need to be developing um, these younger attorneys and really building up the bench strength so we have successors that can be promoted within. Uh, we're actually in the process of analyzing the data behind the number of GC placements in 2021 within the Fortune 500, and 69 GCs were um, appointed last year. 31 of those 69 were, were promoted from within, and the majority of those that were promoted from within were non-diverse males. So what that's telling us is, well, one, it underscores that there's a shortage of GC-ready diverse candidates, and these companies um, are having trouble finding candidates externally that stack up to the non-diverse talent they have internally. And so really the big challenge is that that shortage of candidates that are ready to go. So, John, then for you, what does it take to be general counsel in 2022? Uh, as I said earlier, you can't really stereotype it, but it really takes more than anything. So when I say you can't stereotype it, you can't say you need to have litigation skills. You can't say you need to have public company skills. You can't say it takes one particular type of core expertise. But what we can say is the ability to effectively lead to communicate, to have that high EQ so you establish relationships, trusted relationships, you listen well to the business, um, you're calm, cool, collective, under pressure, and more than anything, you're humble. Um, you listen, you roll up your sleeves, you like to do the work. Uh, that That's really what it takes to be that general counsel. One of the things that we do is we, we are big um, – uh, it, it, it part of our assessment, it's finely tuned toward, is this person going to be a strategic business advisor? Um, do they have that EQ score that it really takes to succeed? 
And, and we know it's working because our stick rate is there where we're placing these highly qualified people and they're sticking around. Um, one, one other point I'd like to make is, you know, as Brittany mentioned that, that so many of these firms, um, after going out to search did promote the non-diverse candidate inside, uh, to the general counsel. And, and what that says, a clear statement, um, nobody's hiring just for diversity's sake. People are making these hires because they have to trust that this person is going to be that strategic advisor and complement the culture of the organization. And if not, they're not willing to make a sacrifice and say we're going to just hire for diversity's sake. So the boxes everyone needs to check as far as skill set and those soft skills that I just referenced, there, there's, there's just no exception. John, I'll stay with you. What are the differences between recruiting general counsel for portfolio companies versus public companies? And has the transition been possible from portfolio to public companies or vice versa? So, of, of course, the transition is possible in either direction, again, depending on the person and their industry expertise. Um, I'll say the biggest difference really at, from a private company or private portfolio company is all in the timing. Where are they in, in, you know, the timeline of their business? Meaning, are they looking to go public in the near future or are they the recent purchase and they have a five year timeline, uh, in front of them? So if, if, for example, there is no imminent IPO, then the likelihood is they're going to need a major focus on the business, meaning so I, I separate two things, the business lawyer and the corporate lawyer. The corporate lawyer being that person that understands the public company's work, understands the relationships with the boards and so forth, uh, where the business lawyer is doing much more on the commercial contracts, the day-to-day business, um, M&A activity. It's someone that's really helping that business grow where the corporate lawyer is more strategic with the CEO and the board helping the corporation grow. So it's a little bit different. But um, the, the public company, uh, I, I say to anybody, um, what a great opportunity to become the general counsel of a PE portfolio company. You gain that title, you gain that experience, and I've seen plenty of people make that leap where they earn the trust of the organization. It, go, it ultimately does go public, and, and they all soon to be a, a public company lawyer. So um, it, 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 I just say you have to look at the opportunity uh, within the organization itself, um, what what are they doing? What's the growth potential of this company? Do you fit with the leadership team? If all those boxes are checked, I, I highly recommend anybody look at those opportunities. John and Brittany, for both of you, what are your expectations for the rest of this year and beyond? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, in the Fortune 500 space, 69 general counsel were appointed in 2021. What we're seeing already in 2022 is those leaders building out their teams. So not only do we place GCs and CCOs, we also focus on the direct hires and direct reports to those two strategic leaders. So we're seeing a number of searches coming in um, that are individual contributors or directors, deputy GCs reporting into those two leaders. We have 
also seen a record-breaking number of chief compliance officer searches um, at the end of last year and going into the new year. I think with, you know, um, increased regulatory scrutiny, with the tight job market that we're in today, the compliance leadership is just as important as the legal leadership. And um, it's it's showing no signs of slowing down. So I think we are uh, geared up and ready for another really busy year in executive search. Yeah, I completely agree with Brittany on, on all counts there. If it says anything about our expectations for the year, we're hiring, so we need that. We need more people to to do these uh, um, to execute these searches. That, that sounded terrible, but yeah, we're we are hiring as we do need more professionals in these seats to execute these searches. Um, one thing on the compliance, we have seen an, a, a large increase in CCO searches, and and the one comment I'll make is. If the board feels that there's possible issues or gaps in the compliance program, boards don't like to have uncertainty. Mm. So if the board feels there is, then it possibly is time for a change in the CCO. Or we've seen a lot of um, risk differences, risk tolerance differences between the CCO and the CEO. If the CEO has a different mindset on risk that isn't aligned with the CCO, that's not good either, and it causes a, a new search for a, a CCO. So we have seen quite a bit of activity there. Um, spot on with Brittany. Some people have the misconception that we only focus on the CCO and the general counsel placements when building those organizations and, and planting those seeds early on where you're bringing in succession-worthy talent that happens to be diverse um, really, really terrific stance, and we hope that uh, in the next couple of years, our vision would be even greater number of internal promotions. And sometimes people say to me, John, isn't that counterintuitive to your business where you like to do the GC search? We enjoy do we enjoy building those teams as much as we enjoy placing the leadership at the top. So, and we really do take a lot of pride in watching these people progress to these leadership roles. Once they do. We couldn't be happier. So, you know, that's that's our business plan, doing the right thing for people, and it, it seems to be working. Sounds like it's working really well. As we begin to wrap up, uh, a, a, a parting thought from each of you. Well, again, I would just advise anyone that has the aspirations to be a general counsel is to really dig deep down and understand your reputation. Um, many people over exceed what they think of themselves as how they're viewed by the leadership team or by the people they work with. Um, sometimes having, whether it's a coach or whether it's just uh, an advisor that is a close colleague who can just be honest and real with you, where are the gaps? And, and those gaps are going to be not on the resume. It's not like they have to seek out specific skill sets all the time. It, many of the times it's where are the gaps that that don't in those soft skills that, like I mentioned, are not on the resume. Brittany, how about you? Yeah, I mean, to echo some of John's points, I think the most important thing uh, a lawyer can do to delineate themselves from other candidates in a very competitive market is to work on honing those soft skills. Um, We conducted a study 
with CEOs last year, asking them, you know, what do you look for and what is most important in a strong general counsel? And the feedback overwhelmingly pointed to abilities that can't be found on a resume. It's that gravitas. It's, you know, having a a track record of establishing trusting trusting relationships, Um, being able to work outside of your core practice area, which um, isn't so much a soft skill, but it's having the initiative and drive to look outside of your swim lane and say, how can I be more impactful um, for the organization as a whole? How can I move the needle in terms of promoting you know, a more inclusive culture and all of those things um, that go beyond the resume and are off paper is really what sets one candidate apart from another and is going to give you that competitive edge in a very competitive tight market. Uh, we often think outside the box. Brittany just gave me a new term. Think outside of your swim lane. That is a great term. <laughs> Thank you both for joining us today uh, and sharing your immense knowledge on executive search for general counsel. There are some very specific differences to recruiting these roles, and you've hit the nail on the head and gone outside of the swim lane for me. I wish you both luck in 2022. Great year, and John and Brittany, so great to talk with both of you. Thanks Thank again, you, Rob. Rob. That's all the time we have here today alongside John Gilmore and Brittany McDonough of Barker Gilmore. I'm Rob Adams, and this has been Talent Talks.